We have uh, just watched our video for session number four on special revelation. Just a quick recap. Um, we started with an introduction to systematic theology, looked at the definitions of what it is, then we went on to scope and purpose of theology, um, why it matters, and then we looked at last time at general revelation and natural theology, and we kind of put a cap on it here on, the, on this one as well. And then today we're looking at special revelation. Next week, or next time, excuse me, we will move on to uh, inspiration and authority of scripture. Uh, So let's go through our review here. Though God reveals himself in nature, only scripture reveals to us the knowledge necessary for salvation. So we're talking about special revelation here. God has given us direct revelation through scripture, and Jesus Christ is the fullness of his revelation. So our overview of the message, uh, we have aspects of general revelation. So again, capping off general revelation, he talked about immediate revelation, which is the revelation given by God through a medium other than God himself. Um, and I think that I think he did a good job making that clear exactly what he means by mediate or medium. Um, but we're going to do some scripture reading this time. So would someone like to read uh, Romans 1? I believe it's the, hand me my phone, I believe it's the first 16 verses we want to read. Start at... Verse 16, not end of verse 16. So start there and go to the end of the chapter. My fault. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal eternal power and divine nature, have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, and birds, and animals, and creepy things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for that women exchanged natural relations for those that were contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves a due penalty for their error. And since they did not seek fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, and malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, 
slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Sounds like a modern exposition today's culture. Um, so yeah, so verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So is it pretty clear here in, in Romans 1 what he's talking about when it comes to immediate revelation? And, uh, and also what that means, what are the consequences of that, that uh, man is without excuse. Okay, so in immediate specifically verse uh, nineteen and twenty, um, I mean, points exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Suppress the truth. So immediate revelation, revelation planted inside us by God and not through a medium. So for that, we can turn to Romans two. So just uh, flip over the very next chapter there. And I believe this one is the first. Is it first 16? Yeah. How about the first 16 verses? Anyone got the Romans 2, 1 through 16? Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on one another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same thing. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your heart and impotent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works. Those who practice in well-doing, well seeking for glory and honor and immortality, he will, give, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey in righteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jews first, and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jews first, and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearts of the law who are unrighteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. For when the Gentiles do not have the law by nature, do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. On that day, when according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of man by Christ Jesus. 
So those, yeah, that verse 15. Mm-hmm. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, or their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. So do you see the immediate revelation there? It's written on their hearts directly by God. Okay, so um, then we moved on to special revelation. And uh, talked about special revelation, which is primarily but not exclusively scripture. Special revelation received primarily through scripture, occasionally through other means. And then we have a reference to Hebrews, Hebrews 1 specifically, I believe I wrote down the verses. Someone can look up Hebrews 1 and just read the, the first two verses there. Long ago, in many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Okay, so we see special revelation there talked about the prophets and then Christ. Philosophers debate uh, whether reason or senses are more important to gain knowledge, uh, but regardless, knowledge received directly from God is supreme. Um, I think uh, he did a good job at showing that. Other means of special revelation. So there's a list of them here. He talked about dreams and visions, signs, casting of lots, uh, the priest stones that they wore, the uh, divine inspiration, um, prophets, and the theophany. So theophany is an outward manifestation of the invisible God. For example, the burning bush. So let's quickly look at that. So we want to look up Exodus 3 and just read the first six verses. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take off, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you stand, are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. I'd call that special revelation, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's pretty special to me. Um, but yeah, so that's probably the most uh, well-known example, I guess, of uh, special revelation outside of Scripture itself and Christ. Um, false prophets were a major issue to Israel, and... Uh, it was important to test the prophets. So the testing of the prophets was done through the calling or the commission from God that they had, uh, the presence of actual miracles, whether they performed miracles or whether miracles surrounded their circumstances. 
and the fulfillment of their pronouncements. That one seems pretty obvious, right? <laughs> if you're a prophet, you better be right. Um, well, I mean, you, you would think that would be obvious, but in this day and age... Well, yeah. Now they wiggle out of it and say, well... well I can't even say this day and age. I mean, it's always been there. Yeah. People prophesy things that didn't come, come to pass and... And, and then usually they say, well, you misunderstood what I said, or you had the dates wrong, or something like that. So, yeah. And then we talk about the ultimate revelation. So Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God to us, and uh, talks about how in the upper room, Jesus said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. He did talk about, if you want to study more on your own time about the false prophets, uh, you're welcome to read through Jeremiah and uh, a lot of info there about the false prophets. Um, let's see. I wrote down some notes. So on the, on the three tests, some of the notes I, I wrote down was for the call. Um, they would give the circumstances of their call. This is uh, for the apostles, not, the, not just prophets, but for the apostles. Uh, apostle being new, uh, the New Testament form of the prophets. They're called directly by Christ. Um, and he mentioned how Paul was a non-original disciple, but yet had a direct call by Christ anyway, on the road to, to Damascus. And that was confirmed by the other apostles. And he continually repeats those circumstances for us. Uh, and then talks about the prophets and the apostles being the, the foundation of the church. Um, and then uh, miracles, of course, I mentioned, it's either performed or surrounded by, and it's critical to confirm those miracles to know some of the prophet and uh, the fulfillment. Uh, I thought it thought was an interesting thing he said. You know, Jesus himself didn't write any books for us or any scripture for us, um, so he chose to do that uh, through ordinary men with a special call. And I wrote down that Jesus embodies the Word of God. Um, and then finally, uh, the full, he is the fullness of the revelation of the Father. Okay, so we move on to our questions and answers. Um, this is really kind of just to, to help us think about what we studied. So, Scripture is what type of revelation? I, know, I wrote down the answer, but what is it? <laughs> immediate. Yeah, Scripture is immediate revelation. It's sort of medium. What are examples given of famous theophanies in Scripture? We talked about the burning bush, and he also talked about the pillar of fire. Um, any others? What? To only see the, the back. So, yeah, we have several examples in, in Scripture of theophanies. Um, but these are probably the most well-known. All right, what are the three tests to distinguish a true from a false prophet? We just discussed that extensively. The call or commission, miracles, and fulfillment. What or who is the supreme revelation of God? Okay, God, that was Christ. <laughs> what is the chief counterpart in the New Testament to the Old Testament prophet? That should be obvious. Apostle. 
and Paul was not an eyewitness of resurrection, so does he lack the credentials of being an apostle? No, so why not? So I answer why not? Because he was <clears throat> because he was called by Christ and he actually was a uh, yeah, was, was he was called by Christ and wrote the Damascus. Yeah. So he still had a direct call by Christ, even though he wasn't a witness to his resurrection. All right, so let's let's do some discussion now. Um, what is the difference between immediate and immediate general revelation? Not just definition sense, but um, how, how does how does God use those? Two different things. Between internal and external. Okay. But what do you want? Dictionary definition. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. <laughs> that's what I did. That's what came to mind. I just meant besides that, well, the obvious, the medium, right? Yeah. What we talked about. Um, just to, you know, maybe examples of, of how God uses. Well, we talked a lot about. Immediate revelation. Mm-hmm. What about immediate revelation? How does God use that? I think what we read in Romans 2. Conviction of the Spirit, perhaps? It's interesting how we all have, uh, you know, even the most hardened unbeliever, they have a certain sense of right and wrong in them, even if they deny it. They do. And that's, that's written on their heart. Even if it's a selfish motive, right? Yeah. I, I I may say that oh, there's you know there's everything is just subjective, mm-hmm. but when you wrong me, I know you did wrong, right? So <laughs> so and a lot of times you know um, you just, well why are you frustrated? What what's wrong with that? And you know if you have those conversations with people, you know they they get frustrated because they know they've been wrong, but they've been been denying right and wrong all that time, you know. Yeah. So. Suppressing the truth. Yeah. I, think, I think Psalm 19 is a good, uh, going back to immediate, mm-hmm. immediate, I think uh, Psalm 19 is a good... Um, Heaven's declared the glory we, of God, yeah. Right, and we were talking about that earlier, just, you know, gazing up at the stars, right, and you see the splendor and the beauty, with, you know, and mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, what, 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 where did this come from? There has to be a creator that hung these stars in such a way that, that they are, you know, right. where they are. So, um, then, but then... And then going off of that, he goes into thinking of the law. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I was good. Thank you, sister. He's <laughs> going right there. So, yeah, man, it's perfect. It's exactly. Yeah, so you get you get the immediate and the immediate mm. right there. Well, and I guess you could look at it as that that's the natural flow, the natural conclusion, right? If you see the immediate revelation and, and you don't deny it, suppress it, what are you motivated to do? Then you're motivated to move on to the immediate. Um, you look at the glory of God, you say, okay, there's somebody's got to made this, so what's your next thought? Well, who is this God? Right? It's like the revelation is there, and then the, the trick is... Uh, where we put the credit, you know, to God or to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, as mentioned in there. Mm-hmm. 
And then when we were in Israel, that sun was beating down, and it talks about in Psalm 19 that sun, and it's really hot, <laughs> you know, and just how it's penetrating and how he got to the law. You know, thinking about the law and how it penetrates our hearts. I think it's interesting that both the um, immediate revelation and immediate revelation both leave man without excuse. You know, you could even have just one and not the other. You still would be without excuse. Sure, you'd be without excuse, but the immediate is not enough. You, you, you need the special revelation to yeah. know who this God is. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, you move on from general to special. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, whether, whether it's what's written on our hearts or whether it's the stars above, we don't have an excuse to say, I didn't know you were there, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is... <clears throat> there used to be a lot of debates um, I guess 10, 10 or so years ago with atheists on that very point, right? Yeah. Like, there is no atheist. <laughs> you're, you're without excuse. I mean, you're, you're saying, um, and, and basically in the debate you would hear like uh, Christopher Hitchens, you would hear, um, there is no God. And I hate him. I mean, he was <laughs> he was and so his his name for God. He, wrote, he was really saying that there's a God, and I don't like this guy. You so know? I'm going to pretend. There and, is yeah, a God. I, I don't believe that. The, you know, it it, it was, it, and I want to say that his words were something to the point of it's not just that um, there isn't a God. It's I don't want there to be a God. Yeah. You know? so. The cart before the horse, right? They they've drawn their conclusion. What they feel like things should be. That's what people are doing in science nowadays, right? They've already drawn a conclusion that this is how it must be. Now let me go back and find the evidence for that. That's not the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to look for the evidence and see where that leads you. Alright, so next uh, discussion question. How is special revelation different than general revelation? Well, we've kind of already been talking about that. Um, well, the guy here should go from Hungary back in college days and he, he said well, he talked about okay I knew there was a God but he had never heard the gospel mm. until he was presented with the gospel so that was just very interesting you know to know because the Hungary he said is very dry as far as but he always knew that there was a God through, you know, general revelation. Mm. So mm -hmm. he was very thankful to receive the gospel and the special revelation to know who that God is. Right. And we've already kind of covered what special revelation gives us that general revelation does not. Uh, you know. We can we we know there's a creator from general revelation. We know there's a God, but we don't know His plan of salvation. We we don't know uh, our Savior, our mediator between God and man. We don't know those things from general revelation. We get those from special revelation. Or even generally speaking, you know, who is this God, right? What is this God like? Is he a good God? Right, the character of God, yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you know, um, you, you don't get that 
uh, apart from him telling you who he is, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why it's, we, we should be careful um, about how we present God and we and, and even talking with others, you know. Um, and that's why I, I asked for prayer for my friend Kevin because he's he he he, he he's devout in what he believes, right? But but he doesn't believe um, in God as God has described Himself, mm. and so he's you know he's that that that's a false God, right? Yeah. Mm. So he's. He's checked the box on the general revelation, but not on the special revelation, basically. Right? He believes in God, just not the God we know in the Bible. So, yeah. A false yeah. God. Yeah, and, 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 it, and the reason why I say you have to be careful because, in, in a lot of what, even what he's been taught, you know, it's, he, he would go to scripture, right? But then when you start probing him, he starts having to add to mm. scripture to explain, you know, what he believes. So, you know, um, and same way with the Mormon church. And then... So scripture isn't sufficient is the problem there, right? Right. Yeah. And, it, 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 and then when you, you know, even with, with, with Mormons, you, you hear the same thing. And then when, when you push and you probe, you then you get to, well, the Bible's been corrupted. And so... Then they, they hold the Bible up as if to say, no, we believe in Scripture like you believe in Scripture. But then they'll tell you it's been corrupted, so we can't we can't really believe what... And then they have a whole other book of Revelation to go along with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, what are, uh, what are some different modes of special Revelation? We've talked about several... The dreams, the visions, the signs, casting of lies. Yeah, God uses many different means, um, which it even specifically says in in Scripture that He uses many different means. Okay, what impact does Hebrews 1 have on our understanding of God's revelation to man? If you want to review just those first couple of verses of Hebrews 1 we can I still have no sorry my app closed on anyone still have that open long ago and at many times in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in the last, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So what impact does that have that we just read on our understanding of God's revelation to man? Jesus is God. The gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a big impact, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus is God. Revealing men. It's a huge impact. Yes. And then when you um, 
when the Holy Spirit touch your heart and your knowledge that you um, that you see that that you understand that it is a beautiful thing it's just beautiful yeah peaceful that that is, it the, is just the most beautiful thing ever. ultimate revelation right there is Jesus Christ is right All right, well, any further thoughts on special revelation? Back to examples I thought of Jacob's ladder. Hmm. And we were talking. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of examples of, of dreams and visions, especially in Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I guess you could... Look at the book of Revelation. I mean, <laughs> the New Testament with Joseph when um, he talks to Joseph through dream, mm, right? Mary having a baby. That's well, and I think this also tells us here that God is not speaking. The same way that he spoke in the Old Testament, right? Right. Um, and, and so you know, you get a lot of people that um, try to pull from the Old Testament to 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 um, you know, like today you got the you know the modern day prophets and this that. Well, you know, it says that in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days. He has spoken to us by his son. Right. Right. So that's, uh, or not even continuing it to speak to us, even though he continues to speak to us, but it's through his word, right? Yes. yes. And so, and so, you know, you get people, oh, I received the word. No. You know, or. Well, then, or then are you working on the next book of the Bible? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I have a revelation for you. Yeah. To you. Uh, no. Thank right. you. Yeah, Revelation is is complete and fulfilled, at least until the second coming. So, um, yeah, so that's my first thought when people say say things like, you know, God spoke to me or whatever. It's like, okay, so you're you're adding to the Bible now, huh? Well, well, he speaks to all of us, right? I mean, whenever through his word, yes, yeah. Which is, you know, um, even as... But people think they have an audible voice is what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always want to ask, what does he sound like? <laughs> oh, there you go. Like Cary Grant or something? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, just like me, you said. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're right. There's a great amount of confusion in, in modern Christianity about that. And it's part of the reason why we have, it's so popular to have all these false prophets, right? Because they have so many followers. Because people don't have the false, basic understanding false teachers. that yeah that there aren't prophets out there right now, yeah. and they don't have that understanding, and therefore they fall for it. All right. Well, next session we again will look at the inspiration and authority of Scripture. Um, so this is kind of fun. If you look at the schedule, you'll see. The next few sessions, uh, we're specifically talking about Scripture. So I'm really going to enjoy that.
next several sessions, it looks like. Okay, well, if no other thoughts, we'll, uh, we'll close in prayer. Um, Q, do you mind praying for us? Sure. Father God, we give thanks that we can come to you. Um, we give thanks that you revealed yourself to us in such a way that we can know you truly. Lord, we thank you for your, your kindness to us, and not just in the general revelation, but in your special revelation and, and speaking through Christ and calling us to yourself. Lord, I pray that we would learn much from these studies, Lord, that we would be, that it would cause us to be firm in our faith, Lord, that we would, that we would share the glorious news of Emmanuel, God with us, Lord, that we would, that we would tell the world that, that you are good, that you reveal yourself in such a way and we can't know you. We thank you for the Comforter, for the Holy Spirit, whom we worship and adore. And we pray that you will keep us as we go about our day. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.